Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, 8 o'clock hour, hanging on the drivehuber.com studio. Stephen Holder, ESPN, going to join us in just a second. Reminder, Colts wideout Josh Downs had his best game as a pro. Still waiting for him to get into the end zone. Uh, he had a great game on Sunday against Tennessee. He'll join us coming up at 8.30. Tony East will talk some Pacers as they're now halfway through uh, the preseason slate back in town uh, with the, well, not the Fan Fest. What is it on Saturday? The the inter-squad scrimmage, I believe. Fan Jam. Fan Jam. Uh-huh. I knew it had a saying. Yeah, so the Fan, fan Jam coming jam. up this weekend uh, and then games Monday and Friday before the regular season underway. So we cannot wait uh, for that. Tons to talk about today. We'll continue doing that. But let's get the Payless Liquors hotline popping. Uh, Stephen Holder joins us from ESPN.com. He follows the Colts there. Stephen, good morning. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well. How about you? Man, man, we're doing we're doing fantastic. It's Mark Dykton's flu game, though. We're going to be carrying him off the court like Scottie Pippen did uh, many years yeah. ago. So tough, tough, tough scene. Tough scene. Yeah, it is a tough <laughs> scene in here. Uh, okay, so AR goes down. Let's start there. Obviously, the big win, Jacksonville game, the JT contract. There's so much to talk about, but let's start with Anthony Richardson. He goes down in the second quarter. You can see he is in obvious pain. Uh, what should be the level of worry here for the Colts fan with so many injuries? Uh, and I guess also, can you add anything the latest on Anthony Richardson, how long he could be out? Well, first of all, I'll start with the timeline. I won't, uh, I don't have any specifics beyond what we've heard, but but I do think that there, there didn't seem, now, maybe too much into this, but everyone I talked to, I didn't get any sense from them that there was major panic. Like this was going to be, you know, something that was going to, you know, perhaps endanger the rest of his season or that he might, you know, might have some problems on the other end of it or something like that. Cause I've asked those questions and, and the answer has been, has been negative on, on both of those. So I guess we'll just see. I, I also understand the reluctance to, to actually establish a timeline because sometimes it can vary, and I, sure. I bet that we get, uh, when we do here, if we get a specific timeline, I bet it's a window and not a, a firm number, just because I, I think that's kind of how these things tend to go, particularly because he's a quarterback. It could, if he were another a player at a different position, maybe it'd be different, you know, all these things. So, anyway, now as to whether people should be concerned in the, the bigger picture, him getting hurt generally, I think the answer is if a couple things happen, then no. And if they don't, then you should you should have concerns. So now what has to happen here is obviously the Colts have to be judicious about how and when they use him. But they cannot change how they use Anthony Richardson. Otherwise, they should have drafted a different quarterback. Agreed. I agree with like, you. Yep. Like we can't and, and I'm and I'm maybe a little bit guilty of of even going there at times. But the more I think about it, like this is dumb. 
like what are we talking about? You you got to use this guy to his fullest potential. It doesn't mean go crazy. It just means you have to use him in a way where he can be most effective. And I shared this with the midday show yesterday. I, I went back and crunched the numbers and I looked at across the league. He's he's had 16 designed runs in the what four, you know, I guess almost four games that he has played. So, you know, we're talking about an average of like four per game. I'm not saying that's nothing. It's a lot for a quarterback. But in the grand scheme, right, you can see how that kind of puts it in perspective. You know what I mean? Like Jalen Hurts' numbers are way higher. And some of that is is the push play, of course. But the point is, just to kind of put it in perspective, I don't think they're out of whack. I think they're right where they kind of expected to be in terms of him running the ball, in terms of the frequency. So, but they but they got to be smart. But also, he has to be smart. He is still really, I think, adjusting to the speed of the NFL game. You can't tell me that he ever expected a 260-pound guy like Harold Landry to catch him from behind. That's never happened to him in college. <laughs> it just has never happened. You know, so so those are the kinds of things that he just has to assume the hits coming and assume they're coming for you. He's the he's one of the biggest guys out there, and he's got the football. They're talking Tennessee, by the way. I know I'm 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 sort of going on here, but if you go back to last week, the Tennessee locker room, the quotes coming out of that locker room, they were talking very openly about how we got to hit this guy. Right, right, yeah, and, and the answer. Yep. Well, I was going to say, Stephen, and these aren't even like the hits he's taking aren't even massive hits. Like the MJ Stewart hit in Houston was a big hit, and he probably didn't see him. Otherwise, he would have braced. But that's also a hit he's also not going to take in college that he's taken in the NFL. I guess yeah. that would be one of the worrisome things. It's not like uh, he's been hit on the knee eight times. It's not like an RG3 thing or uh, that he's being just absolutely lit up from the blind side. These are, I mean, the play on Sunday was a relatively innocuous NFL tackle, was it not? No, it was completely normal and uh, absolutely positively legal. And it, it's the way I would have tackled him if I was Harold Landry, uh, who I, you know, which I clearly am not. But the point is, he has to understand that. You know, I don't think that he truly grasped the fact that you're a marked man because you're good. Not because they hate you. It's because he's good. So he has to understand that, and that is his reality. And it's a compliment. And Stephen Holder with us from ESPN.com. Stephen, thanks for bringing up that so 16 design runs. That would be in 173 snaps, not to turn this into a math show, but that's you know obviously one design run every 10 to 11 plays. I am curious when he comes back, does that ratio shrink at all? You know, do they look at it and say, okay, we obviously want to still tap into that attribute of him, but you know, does it become one design run every 15 snaps or 17 snaps to where instead of, you know, him outside of the pocket potentially taking seven or eight hits a game, maybe it's only three or four. Again, I don't think stylistically you can change him to the point you just brought up, but I am curious if that's something that they do. Um we I thought I heard you correctly with Jake and Jimmy yesterday, and feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. But internally, they still feel like he's got to protect himself a little bit better. Was that correct? Yeah, that, that's a conversation that I heard from from people in the building this week. See, and I kind of feel like he has done – I feel like he's made a few more business decisions yeah. in the last couple of games. That's. I think that's definitely true. I mean, he, he has – we've seen him slide, which we didn't see – in the first couple of weeks, for example. So, so that's progress. Uh, but I think it's just continuing to be 
it's not even necessarily just just sliding. It's it's being aware. I think, and I don't know that he could have done anything differently on the plate on which he got hurt. I mean, we could argue that maybe he should have just you know just killed it and run out of bounds instead of trying to turn the corner. I think that's we can have a debate about that because it was not going to be a big play. Okay, that was clear. It was not going to be a big play. But I mean, try getting Anthony Richardson to make that decision. Um, <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, so anyway, to the to the the question you just asked, you know, will that ratio change a little bit? I do think on the on the average, right? On the average, that is certainly high. I mean, NFL quarterbacks don't do that. Now, for the dual threat quarterbacks, it's kind of right in the the wheelhouse right. of most of those guys. So, I but I do still think it could come down a little. And what will probably make that happen more than anything, more than the the risk to him is going to be the fact that, you know, he can make some throws, frankly. I, I don't see any reason they have to sort of, you know, keep a pacifier in his mouth here like he's, like he's some infantile. He is a football infant, clearly. But he's stepping up, and he's, he's definitely able to make some, some very difficult throws, you know, whether against the blitz, um, against man, against zone. I mean, he's done it. Now, he still is not throwing at the percentage you want him to throw at. And, and we know that, the completion percentage. That will take time. And he's still got to work on his ball placement and throwing with anticipation and all of those things. But the one thing you cannot teach, and one thing he is already really ready to do, is that throw to Josh Downs, which I think went for almost 40 yards, and I hope you ask him about it You know when he's on. I mean – that is just that's just God-given stuff, and he can do that. So there's opportunities there for that, and and those plays can be every bit as big as as Anthony Richardson breaking a long run. So I, I think that's where the opportunity to scale back his his running could come in. Is just lean into what he what he also does well, which is throw the ball. Stephen Holder with us from ESPN. Let's move on from the Anthony Richardson injury. We'll see here in the next few days uh, if it's going to be him going on IR, how many games he misses, and everything else. Uh, Gardner Minshew now, it's going to be his gig. Uh, we <laughs> we know, we know uh, now, now teams know. We know and teams know, much like the Baltimore game, that he is going to be the starter. How do you think he does? How do you think uh, you know teams now that they can lock in on Minshew that he for sure will be the guy? Do you think the defenses may catch up with Minshew? How do you think he'll do here in the next few weeks being the quarterback full-time? The one thing that, that the Colts really have going with Minshew is that he is absolutely positively confident. And that has nothing to do with whether he's, whether he's as talented as, as anyone else or any, any of that. That has nothing to do with it. This, it's just a guy who's played a lot of football, and he, this is not going to phase him. Going on the road, not going to phase him. Uh, going up against uh, a good pass rush won't phase him. I mean, he is, you know, pretty unflappable, uh, to be completely honest with you. Now, he's not – he's clearly not as equipped to handle, you know, the, the pressure and, and to, to move under duress and, and all of those things. So there are moments where, yeah, he'll, he'll, get, <laughs> he'll, he'll get a little bit happy feet and, and kind of have to, to do some things that aren't pretty. But that's just what it is. That's baked into the cake. They knew that when they signed him, and that's fine. But but Gardner Minshew is going to be in control of that huddle. He's going to be uh, under control when it comes to, to pressure situations. All of that is just huge. You know, listen, there's nothing more. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. First, for a football team, then walking in the huddle with your backup quarterback and mm-hmm. thinking to yourself, we're done. You got no shot. Yep. We got no shot. Like, this guy sucks. <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> you, like, you're right, and that's the thing, Minshew. He's not that. How important, Stephen Holder on the Payless Liquors Hotline, how important do you think a backup, now, now that Richardson's been so injured here in this first month, you know, it's a one-year deal for Minshew, so whether it's Minshew or somebody else, there is value right now that Ballard has to put in that backup quarterback position, maybe more so than other teams, I would imagine, right? I think that's fair. You certainly, until he proves that this is you know sort of a, a streak of bad luck i don't know that it's not bad luck i have no idea but i think you certainly have to ask yourself and, and you want to see the evidence so until anthony richardson proves that it's just bad luck then yeah i think you have to kind of view your your backup quarterback situation in in that way and 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 treat it accordingly you know from a financial perspective honestly uh, look i mean they have done this in the past i mean it didn't work out but i mean i thought last year for example going and getting nick Foles, we mm-hmm. we thought at the time that was a, a a reasonable decision but if nothing else what it what it showed i mean nick Foles never had a shot once he got behind, <laughs> once he got behind that messy offensive line but but i will say this it showed at least a willingness and an understanding that okay we're not going to take this for granted we're going to go we're going to go shore up this backup quarterback spot. So I, I like that now two years in a row they have shown uh, – Chris Ballard, frankly, has shown that that's really important to him because there have been other positions where he's taken some chances and some have worked and some haven't. Again, Stephen Holder is with us here from ESPN.com. Stephen, I want to get back to the story from Saturday, of course, and that would be Jonathan Taylor inking that contract for three years and $42 million. Um I guess I'll throw a couple hypotheticals at you with this because the timing of it is probably what stands out to me the most. Mm-hmm. Do you think he would have played without a new deal? And would the Colts have given him a new deal had he not practiced last Thursday and Friday? Right. So here is so here's an important piece of the puzzle that will help you understand how this played out. Uh, the deal was already being discussed when Jonathan Taylor first took the field. In fact, it was the, the prospect of the deal had been raised when they activated him on, well, when they started the clock, I guess, you know, if you understand what yeah, I'm saying. So Wednesday, last Wednesday, Wednesday. right. Yeah, it, well, Monday even. It, it was understood by Monday that that was what they were working toward. That The conversations about getting a new deal for, for Jonathan Taylor doesn't mean it was going to happen, okay, because it's a negotiation. But the conversation had been broached the previous week, okay? So what I'm saying is uh, coming out of week four, that had, already, that had already begun. So when we talked to Shane Steichen uh, the Monday following the Rams game, and he talked about Jonathan Taylor and, and said, you know, what a great player he is, and all the things that he had not said, <laughs> they had at that point started talking about a contract. And that, okay. and that's also why you know JT was smiling and playing nice guy on Thursday. I would yeah. imagine as well, knowing hey, we're pretty close to getting this thing done and getting me some money. Yeah. So his whole goal on on Thursday was to not screw it up, right? And so it it was frustrating on our end because it's like, dude, like wh- why are we speaking 
English and you're speaking German. Like, what is happening here, right? We, it, was, it was very frustrating, probably both for us as reporters and, and the viewer and readers at home. But I, I understand it in retrospect. You know, I certainly understand it. And I think there was a, a very conscious effort to go up there and to say nothing. And I get it. I'd have done the same thing. It just really sucks on our end. But the point is, uh, I, I think that helps you understand, you know, how it how it worked out and, and the timeline, which is important. Now, the other question you asked is, would he have played without a new deal? That is the million dollar question, and we can only speculate. I have asked the question, <laughs> and my takeaway is that he did not intend to play without the new deal. I mean, you notice it got done 24 hours before kickoff. That is not accidental at all. The deal was, as I understand it, um, it got put on the table Friday, and then they had to work out some particulars over the final 24 hours. So uh, there was, I think, an effort on both sides, almost like an understanding. And I don't know whether whether Taylor's camp ever said it out loud, but it almost comes across like it was understood – we got to get this done before Sunday at 1 o'clock because that's the way they operated. Why the change? And Stephen Holder with us on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. You know, we talked so much. All the leverage was there. The Colts didn't have to pay him. Uh, we could go into the offseason, the franchise tag, even though I know Indianapolis doesn't do a lot of that. Um, but they had all of the leverage. Is it Was it as simple as they're a better team than maybe they thought they were? They, you know, they kind of talked big, but in the end, they did give in a little. And then on top of it, I mean, it's a good contract for everybody. JT can go get another contract when he's 27, 28. Uh, they can get out of it if they want uh, around 2026 and they have the money. It's not back breaking money. They can go sign other people. So I'm throwing a lot at you there, but uh, there's just so many interesting loose ends to this story. It was definitely not something that I would have predicted. Definitely not a month ago. I mean, they could not have been further apart a month ago. You know, I, I don't think people realize just how, how bad it got. It doesn't mean that like, you know, they were dropping F-bombs at each other. I'm not saying that, but, I mean, when you're not communicating, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty bad, right? I mean, right. You're, you're not even – you can't progress. You can't move forward. And I think, again, just rewatch Chris Ballard's press conference at the end of the preseason, and you can't have any other takeaway from watching that other than, oh, my God, this is, this is bad. So, anyway – that's where they were. And, and so to be here now is definitely shocking. Here's a couple of things. I don't have a silver bullet for you. Like, here's what happened. I don't have one. But I do think I can surmise a couple of things. They, they, they had incentive to resolve this. Well, both sides really had incentive to resolve it. Of course, for the Colts, they, that didn't mean they wanted to pay them, you know, $40 million. But, but there's definitely incentive to resolve it. Number one, the team is – more competitive than I think they believed. And so that's the first thing. And that's, that's undeniable. It is undeniable. I don't care what anyone says. They'll never admit it. But that I firmly believe. Number two, what happens after the season if this, you know, if Jonathan Taylor goes, uh, goes this year and maybe plays, doesn't play, I don't know. But let's just say they don't get a deal done. They remain at odds. What happens in March? Are we, do- are we doing no, this all God. over again? Yeah. 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 I didn't want to we think would. about it. Are we really going to do this all over again? Yep. And, and just think, that is exhausting just to think about. And so if you really love the player, and you say you do, then and if Jonathan Taylor 
you know, privately really just wanted a new deal and was happy to be here if he got one, well, then that's your common ground. So start there. I will give, I will say this, Chris Ballard, I think deserves a lot of credit. You know, he, as I understand it, he is the one who, who initiated these conversations, you know, to, to really say, all right, look, I think we can work something out. Uh, Shane Steichen played a big role too, which I think uh, he deserves credit for. I think Shane Steichen's role was really engaging with Jonathan Taylor because he wasn't calling Jim Irsay and, and having a, a friendly chat, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And, and Chris Ballard was more so dealing with the agents, I, I imagine. So, you know, that's typically not how that works. Shane Steichen was kind of the neutral party. You know what I mean? You can say, hey, man, listen, I don't know about all that. I wasn't here last year. I don't know what happened in the negotiating room. But, hey, man, you're my guy. I love you. You know what I mean? Like, that's smart. He could be the good cop here. And, and I think that was really smart on his part to, to really reach out and, and engage Austin Taylor and keep him, you know, kind of – just kind of feel him out and understand, like, maybe we can find a way forward. Stephen, we'll end with this. Do you think the Jim Irsay comment of – uh, this got done sooner than I thought. Do you think that's related to Taylor's stance potentially being, you pay me if you want me to play? Well, I, I really just take it to mean that they didn't want to be forced into doing this or to feel like they were forced into doing this. And I, I, I think it was an ill-advised comment, frankly, because it doesn't help at all. <laughs> so add that to the list, Okay. But even if you, you mean the way, book, you, not the list. You mean the book. <laughs> it really, it really accomplished nothing. It sounds a little bit like sour grapes. I mean, I get it, right? I get it. If you're, if you're the employer, you want to do things on your terms, and that is completely understandable. I get it. That is true in corporate America. It's true in the NFL. Fine, but like you know, just let the sleeping dogs lie. But I really just think it was. It goes back to to Jim Ursay feeling very, very strongly about precedent in the NFL, and and the, we do things the way we like to do them. And so, in this case, you know, he wanted to be very judicious about doing early extensions. You know, they haven't really done many this year. He's really what the second real early extension, I think, outside of Luke Rhodes. So, you know, the long snapper. So. They, they had kind of stuck to their guns about that, and, and he made them kind of – Jonathan Taylor made them kind of swallow their words on that. So, yeah, I think it's just a, a, a you know, reference to that. And then go back to you know, the things that he said about the franchise tag and all that. He's very much aware of, like, the structure and precedent and things like that. So I think it's a, a reference and a, a result of all of those things. Quite the story, and Stephen Holder's been all over it for now months, and mercifully, it is over. All right, Stephen. Uh, yeah, amen to that, right? Uh, Stephen, we'll see you here in a bit, and uh, get the latest on Anthony Richardson, hopefully from Shane Steichen in a few hours. Yep, hopefully. Thanks, guys. Reminder, you're home for the Colts right here on the Fan Colts in Jacksonville on Sunday. JMV, he begins things at 9 a.m. All the pregame coverage leading up until kickoff. Play-by-play, Maytay and company, they got you covered. And then all the postgame coverage, we have it all right here on the Fan. Well, let's keep things going. Great stuff from Stephen Holder. Last segment, let's keep it popping on the Payless Liquors hotline here on the Fan on this hump day Wednesday. Josh Downs, Colts wide receiver, joins us. Josh. Josh, good morning. How are you today, sir? 
Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Man, we're fantastic. Uh, what a win on Sunday. Uh, did you guys know, I, listen, I know it's uh, it's a young team, uh, and you obviously were not with the Colts last year, but it was coming up on one calendar year that the Colts had not won in Lucas Oil, and then it had been five straight, Josh, uh, the Titans beating the Colts. Were you guys aware how big of a win that was on Sunday? Oh, for sure. Um, always good to win a divisional game at home. And uh, Coach had told us about the uh, five-game streak, so um, he, made, he made sure that we knew we weren't losing that game. All right, Josh, third and 16. <laughs> Walk us through it. You climbing the ladder there to make the, uh, make the big-time play. Oh, yeah, I just called my number on that play. Um, Anthony made a good read, made an excellent throw, put it in a spot where I could go up and make a play. Um, I was blessed to come down with the ball and make a big one for the team, uh, put us in field goal range and keep the drive going. So pretty much what happened. Um, got to gotta give it to my quarterback on that one. Had a great ball, great read. So six targets, six catches, 97 yards. What struck me about your performance on Sunday, Josh, it felt like the variety of routes. It was a lot of different types of routes. You made some plays. Obviously, you go up and get the deep ball we just talked about. You made a play after the catch. Is that something that you kind of take away from Sunday? If not, just obviously six for 97 stands out. But it seems like you did a little bit of everything from like a route tree standpoint. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, um, I'm like I'm a versatile receiver. I feel like I can make plays on all levels of the field. So I feel like um, when the opportunity was there, I was able to t- uh, take advantage of it um, and go make some plays. So I feel like um, plays are made when opportunities are there. So I was given the opportunity, thankfully, and I was able to showcase that. You know, it feels like, and Josh Downs joining us here on the Payless uh, Liquors Hotline, Wake Up Call, it's the fan on a Wednesday. It feels like you, you've, you know, come into the NFL and, and obviously, Obviously, you have connections uh, there in the NFL, but there hasn't been this huge learning curve where you're not playing very much. You've been thrown in there uh, and you're playing a ton. I guess, is that true? Do you feel like you're adapting well to the NFL? And can you give me an example where maybe it's been difficult to adapt to the NFL style of play? Uh, yeah, I would say I'm adapting pretty well. Um, my, my father played in the NFL, so he kind of got a little head start with that just um, getting little nuggets even since I was a kid and then in college just knowing what to expect but uh, not fully knowing what to expect until you get there but um, I'd say the hardest thing for me is really just uh, adapting to the the lengthy amount of meetings we have every single week instead of in college uh, that's that's the one main difference um, but uh, yeah I'm getting more used to that now just because I've, I've done it for a few months but I'd say that's that's been the biggest change from college to league. Again, he's number one, Josh Downs. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Josh, have you had a chance to watch the uh, mic'd up video the Colts had you mic'd up from Sunday? Yeah, I watched it last night. I, my uh, my family at group chat had, had sent it to me, so I saw that and watched it last night. I, I was I was pretty satisfied with it. Okay, two things. Is Sam Ellinger really rocking hand warmers on the sidelines during the game? Oh, yeah, so the roof was open. It was actually real cold in there. So, I mean, I, I don't blame him why he had those on. But it came in clutch because my hands were a little cold before the game, and I needed that. And I was like, I right, appreciate that, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was kind of a cool moment there. Right at the start of the video, I think during stretching, uh, you had a moment where you are like, man, Reggie Wayne is really my position coach. Like, Reggie was uh, – so high on you during the combine. He remembers watching you during those workouts and everything. What has life been like with, you know, in my opinion, a future Hall of Famer as your position coach? Uh, it's been nothing short of a blessing. Um, just having a guy that's been there, done that, 
um, and he did it here. So um, just taking nuggets from him, information, asking him what he would do on certain plays, certain routes, um, being able to take that and apply it to my game, uh, it helps. Just having a guy that's been there and done it, and I have a lot more respect because he's done it. Um, so, yeah, having him in the room um, allows us to have a coach that sees from a player's perspective and um, allows us to have somebody on our side. Do you see any similarities in your games or even like an aspect to Reggie's game that you'd love to incorporate or fine-tune in your own? Uh, Reggie, excellent route runner. Um, real physical, too, when he ran his route. So I feel like he, he wasn't like the, the fastest guy, per se. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm like four two, four three burner. So I feel like a guy that really just ran routes and got open was, was his type of thing with great hands. So I feel like uh, those things in itself make you a really good receiver. So just watching some of his tape and being able to see what he did in his routes and um, just seeing like drills he may have done to help his, his hand strength or his hand-eye coordination, take that from him as well. Josh Downs with us here on The Fan. It's a Wednesday, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. He's on the Payless Liquors hotline. Um, AR goes down down in the second quarter you're obviously you played a lot with Gardner Minshew this season uh what did you guys think when AR went down and you could tell obviously he was in pain and in comes Minshew what is your relationship with Gardner Minshew and obviously he's going to be the quarterback here for at least a few games you would imagine yeah I mean it's sad to see AR go down um checked on him made sure he was I mean he wasn't okay but uh just was basically there to tell him I was there for him and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, Garner, he's a great player. He's a vet. Um, when he comes in there, he, he he's ready. So he, he takes a lot of time in the film room, practices hard. Um, and he's, he's ready when the opportunity comes. So he's a great player. Respect him a lot. Um, excited to see what he'll do these next few weeks. And um, we're ready to get behind him. Josh, you and Anthony have talked about your guys' relationship dating back to the draft and roommates at training camp, et cetera. Do you have, or does he bring up to you, like conversations about, man, I got to avoid some hits, this and that? Or are those conversations a little bit more of you just are asking him, how you doing, man? How you hanging in there with missing this time? Uh, yeah, more just asking him how he's doing. I mean, uh, injuries come with the game sometimes. So he's a, he's a great player. He plays physical, and uh, it may happen. Um, so he just had the short end of the stick a few times. So uh, he'll bounce back, um, and he'll come back better than ever. So not really too worried about that. Josh Downs with us. Quickly, before we get you out of here, Josh, and we do appreciate the time, uh, second time you guys have seen Jacksonville now on the road. Uh, being 3-2, and two, this is a huge spot on the road in the AFC South. How do you guys go about beating Jacksonville on Sunday? Uh, just same thing we did the past few weeks. Just practice hard each and every day. Um, study in the film room. Put in the time. Put in the work. Um, and then be prepared on Sunday. And then when your opportunity is called, uh, got to take advantage of it and cash in. So I'd say uh, no different than any other game. Just like the last one we played, we just got to do our job during the week uh, so that the weekend game is, is, more, is easier instead of uh, harder. Josh, a high of 78 and sunny on Sunday. Don't think nice. you'll need the Sam Ellinger hand warmers, all right? Nah, I'm I'm glad. I like I like the warmth, so I'm definitely I'm definitely happy about that one. Yeah, spoken like a guy who played in the ACC and played in the state of Florida quite a lot. Josh, congrats on the strong start to that rookie season. Impressive on Sunday. Uh, good luck coming up in Jacksonville, and appreciate the time on this Wednesday morning. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. 
Reminder, you're home for the Colts right here on the Fan Colts in Jacksonville on Sunday. JMV, he begins things at 9 a.m. All the pregame coverage leading up until kickoff. Play-by-play, Maytay and company, they got you covered. And then all the postgame coverage, we have it all right here on the Fan. Well, let's keep things going. Great stuff from Stephen Holder. Last segment, let's keep it popping on the Payless Liquors hotline here on the Fan on this hump day Wednesday. Josh Downs, Colts wide receiver, joins us. Josh Josh, good morning. How are you today, sir? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Man, we're fantastic. Uh, what a win on Sunday. Uh, did you guys know, I, listen, I know it's uh, it's a young team, uh, and you obviously were not with the Colts last year, but it was coming up on one calendar year that the Colts had not won in Lucas Oil, and then it had been five straight, Josh, uh, the Titans beating the Colts. Were you guys aware how big of a win that was on Sunday? Oh, for sure. Um, always good to win a divisional game at home. And uh, Coach had told us about the uh, five-game streak, so um, he, made, he made sure that we knew we weren't losing that game. All right, Josh, third and 16. <laughs> Walk us through it. You climbing the ladder there to make the, uh, make the big-time play. Oh, yeah, I just called my number on that play. Um, Anthony made a good read, made an excellent throw, put it in a spot where I could go up and make a play. Um, I was blessed to come down with the ball and make a big one for the team, uh, put us in field goal range and keep the drive going. So pretty much what happened. Um, Got to give it to my quarterback on that one. Had a great ball, great read. So six targets, six catches, 97 yards. What struck me about your performance on Sunday, Josh, it felt like the variety of routes. It was a lot of different types of routes. You made some plays. Obviously, you go up and get the deep ball we just talked about. You made a play after the catch. Is that something that you kind of take away from Sunday? If not just, obviously, six for 97 stands out. But it seems like you did a little bit of everything from like a route tree standpoint. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, um, I'm like I'm a versatile receiver. I feel like I can make plays on all levels of the field. So I feel like um, when the opportunity was there, I was able to t- uh, take advantage of it um, and go make some plays. So I feel like um, plays are made when opportunities are there. So I was given the opportunity, thankfully, and I was able to showcase that. You know, it feels like, and Josh Downs joining us here on the Payless uh, Liquors Hotline, Wake Up Call, it's the fan on a Wednesday. It feels like you, you've you know come into the NFL and, and obviously, Obviously, you have connections uh, there in the NFL, but there hasn't been this huge learning curve where you're not playing very much. You've been thrown in there uh, and you're playing a ton. I guess, is that true? Do you feel like you're adapting well to the NFL? And can you give me an example where maybe it's been difficult to adapt to the NFL style of play? Uh, yeah, I would say I'm adapting pretty well. Um, my, my father played in the NFL, so he kind of got a little head start with that just um, getting little nuggets even since I was a kid and then in college just knowing what to expect but uh, not fully knowing what to expect until you get there but um, I'd say the hardest thing for me is really just uh, adapting to the the lengthy amount of meetings we have every single week instead of in college uh, so that's that's the one main difference um, but uh, yeah I'm getting more used to that now just because I've, I've done it for a few months but I'd say that's that's been the biggest change from college to league. Again, he's number one, Josh Downs. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Josh, have you had a chance to watch the uh, mic'd up video the Colts had you mic'd up from Sunday? Yeah, I watched it last night. I, my uh, my family at group chat had, had sent it to me, so I saw that and watched it last night. I, I was I was pretty satisfied with it. Okay, two things. Is Sam Ellinger really rocking hand warmers on the sidelines during the game? Oh, yeah, so the roof was open. It was actually real cold in there. So, I mean, I, I don't blame him why he had those on, but it came in clutch because 
my hands were a little cold before the game, and I needed that. And I was like, all right, appreciate that, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was kind of a cool moment there, right at the start of the video. I think during stretching, uh, you had a moment where you're like, man, Reggie Wayne is really my position coach. Like, Reggie was uh, – so high on you during the combine. He remembers watching you during those workouts and everything. What has life been like with, you know, in my opinion, a future Hall of Famer as your position coach? Uh, it's been nothing short of a blessing. Um, just having a guy that's been there, done that. Um, and he did it here. So um, just taking nuggets from him, information, asking him what he would do on certain plays, certain routes, um, being able to take that and apply it to my game, uh, it helps. Just having a guy that's been there and done it, and I have a lot more respect because he's done it. Um, so, yeah, having him in the room um, allows us to have a coach that sees from a player's perspective and um, allows us to have somebody on our side. Do you see any similarities in your games or even like an aspect to Reggie's game that you'd love to incorporate or fine-tune in your own? Uh, Reggie, excellent route runner. Um, real physical, too, when he ran his route. So I feel like he, he wasn't like the, the fastest guy, per se. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm like four two, four three burner. So I feel like a guy that really just ran routes and got open was, was his type of thing with great hands. So I feel like uh, those things in itself make you a really good receiver. So just watching some of his tape and being able to see what he did in his routes and um, just seeing like drills he may have done to help his, his hand strength or his hand-eye coordination, take that from him as well. Josh Downs with us here on The Fan. It's a Wednesday, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. He's on the Payless Liquors hotline. Um, AR goes down. Down in the second quarter, you're obviously you played a lot with Gardner Minshew this season. Uh, what did you guys think when AR went down and you could tell obviously he was in pain and in comes Minshew? What is your relationship with Gardner Minshew? And obviously he's going to be the quarterback here for at least a few games, you would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's sad to see AR go down. Um, checked on him, made sure he was – I mean, he wasn't okay, but uh, just was – basically there to tell him I was there for him and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, Garner, he's a great player. He's a vet. Um, when he comes in there, he, he he's ready. So he, he takes a lot of time in the film room, practices hard. Um, and he's, he's ready when the opportunity comes. So he's a great player. Respect him a lot. Um, excited to see what he'll do these next few weeks. And um, we're ready to get behind him. Josh, you and Anthony have talked about your guys' relationship dating back to the draft and roommates at training camp, et cetera. Do you have, or does he bring up to you like conversations about, man, I got to avoid some hits, this and that? Or it, it, are those conversations a little bit more of you just are asking him, how you doing, man? How you hanging in there with missing this time? Uh, yeah, more just asking him how he's doing. I mean, uh, injuries come with the game sometimes. So he's a, he's a great player. He plays physical, and uh, it may happen. Um, so he just had the short end of the stick a few times. So uh, he'll bounce back, um, and he'll come back better than ever. So not really too worried about that. Josh Downs with us. Quickly, before we get you out of here, Josh, and we do appreciate the time, uh, second time you guys have seen Jacksonville now on the road. Uh, being 3-2, and two, this is a huge spot on the road in the AFC South. How do you guys go about beating Jacksonville on Sunday? Uh, just same thing we did the past few weeks, just practice hard each and every day, um, study in the film room, put in the time, put in the work, um, and then be prepared on Sunday. And then when your opportunity is called, uh, got to take advantage of it and cash in. So I'd say uh, no different than any other game, just like the last one we played. We just got to do our job during the week uh, so that the weekend game is, is, more, is easier instead of uh, harder. Josh, a high of 78 and sunny on Sunday. Don't think you'll need the Sam Ellinger hand warmers, all right? (laughs) 
Nah, I'm I'm glad. I like I like the warmth, so I'm definitely I'm definitely happy about that one. Yeah, spoken like a guy who played in the ACC and played in the state of Florida quite a lot. Josh, congrats on the strong start to that rookie season. Impressive on Sunday. Uh, good luck coming up in Jacksonville, and appreciate the time on this Wednesday morning. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. It's the wake up call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. All right. So we're going to back things up a little bit. Tony East will join us. I imagine guys will catch him on the fly here in the next 10 to 15 minutes. I told him 940. Okay. 940. Yeah. That's perfect. After the pop quiz. How about that? I'm good with that. Uh, so we have a nice meaty segment here to discuss the news coming down in the last, what, five, six minutes. Anthony Richardson headed to the IR. Not a surprise, but official nonetheless. That means he will at least miss the next four games at Jacksonville on Sunday, Cleveland and New Orleans at home, and then at Carolina on November the 5th. And what KB just talked about, uh, and we've been talking a lot about on November the 12th, that's the game in Germany. Uh, there against New England. You would imagine he would not be back for that game. And then you have the bye week. And then it's Sunday, November 26th. So we're talking about uh, a month and a half. We're talking about as well after Thanksgiving is a home contest against Tampa Bay. That would leave seven games for him to play. And you have to believe that would be the earliest he would be back. So many different uh, you know avenues we can go here. But I think, KB, what you said was spot on last segment. It is simply just a bummer. And then, you know, when he's back, Tampa Bay, on the road, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, you're going to have a bunch of teams that are fighting for the playoffs there. And then on top of it, we still don't know how long he is going to be out. IR is just the first step. Go ahead. And let's start right there. Shane Steichen meets the media in two hours. First two questions for Shane. Is this season ending? Does he need surgery? You know, remember what Will Carroll said to us yesterday? I mean, that is a possibility, you know, that Anthony Richardson was reportedly seeing uh, the team doctor of the Rangers. Well, good thing the Rangers ended their series. That guy has a couple days off. He's got a couple days off to check out the arm. Yeah. Tend to Anthony Richardson. (laughs) The Meister, Dr. Meister. Yeah, Keith Meister, who does have some history in the Gainesville area. So you would think some familiarity with the Richardson camp. But, you know, I, I say that in all seriousness. This move means at least four games. And then again, we'll see what happens from there. Uh, Best case scenario would be, I think, what you kind of laid out, Andy, of you have the four games. I would say unlikely he plays in Germany, that fifth game. Then the sixth week would be the bye week. So, boom, he's out through Thanksgiving. And then he'd play that Sunday after Thanksgiving against the Bucks. That would be the best case scenario with it all. Um, Again, I cannot stress enough how just big of a bummer this is of you're going to get nine, ten games into the season. He will have started and finished one of those nine, ten games, however you want to label it. Um, And it's why I was such a big proponent, Andy, of him starting the season, um, playing as many games as you could, get him into all of these precious, precious reps. Uh, Because when you look at the upcoming schedule, while the teams might not necessarily pop off the schedule at you, these are great defenses. Yes, and, they are. And, and great exposure. Sunday is a big, big Colts game. Road, division. Haven't won there since 2014. You want a chance to be right there in the AFC South when Halloween rolls around, when Thanksgiving rolls around, when you know Christmas. Like, you have the ability to do that, but you need to win and you need to feel those environments like he felt in the opener, but now magnified. You know, when he did throw that pick there late against Jacksonville. So, um, 
boy, uh, this is this is just a kick in the. This is Daniel Tice receiving it from <laughs> Dylan Brooks last First, night. This is our own Dylan Brooks. Yeah. we are all experiencing right now what Daniel Tice experienced. Last night at it's, 10 p.m. And, and, you know, we talked to Stephen Holder about this earlier. What should change? What can change when he does return to the lineup? Because I do think he's made a few more business decisions in the open field. And I don't want that to sound like I have taken a shot at him at all. I agree with him. When it's, you know, first and 10 and six minutes to go on the first quarter clock, Slide after a six-yard gain. Go out of bounds when you need to. I felt like we started to see a few more, but I think the design runs, Andy, that's what I'm watching for. You cannot totally eliminate them. That's why you draft the number four overall, because he can run and he has that ability. But the numbers that Stephen Holder brought up to us, let's go back to those numbers. Was it 16 designed runs? 16 design runs and 173 snaps this season. So that is a design run once every 10 to 11 snaps. Does that become instead of 15? Yeah, one every 10, you know, bump it to 15, bump it to 17, bump it to 18. You still have the threat. Go back and watch the Zach Moss touchdown. The fact that Richardson sticks in a Moss's belly there and that corner freezes and that safety freezes, they won't be freezing on Sunday against Minshew. So I still think the threat of him leads to success. Um, But maybe you just dial that back. So at the end of the day, if you're saying, okay, Anthony, we've given you 10 runs a game. Okay? 10 runs. Let's say he gets hit on eight of those, Andy. Let's say he goes out of bounds on one and he slides on the other. So the 10 runs, he gets hit eight of them. What if you brought that number down to four? Five. And on the five design runs, he gets hit on three of them during the course of a game. Obviously, naturally, he's still going to get hit in the pocket. You know, you can't totally put him in bubble wrap. But if you just brought that number down a little bit, does that all of a sudden mean instead of a guy at the end of the year suffering five injuries, does that number become two, three? Uh, th- this is nothing against what you're saying. I hate th- I hate us trying to legislate the hits he's going to take I on know, an NFL football I field. I did this with Lamar Jackson for years, and I just absolutely hate it. It's the right conversation. You know how you felt about the JT conversation, you know, the contract, and I said, well, KB, it's good for us, right? You know, the drama, the male soap opera, the NFL, all this is good for us. People want to listen. What's the latest on JT? It's a storyline. It's a soap opera. It's everything else. Um, and so I was like more okay having those conversations and you were just flat out tired of them right and I think uh, the majority of people obviously uh, Colts fans were with you I, I am I, I boy I tell you, I hate the conversation of and you're exactly right legislating or lessening one of the things that he can do so very well I, I think there are two things with me that bother me and it goes back to the b word the bummer word that kevin bowen has used this morning and that is i said this in the seven o'clock hour and it's not a shot at gardner Minshew. it's gonna sound like it a little bit 
we are missing out here in the middle of the season. And again, ultimately, he may play at the back end of the season and he may play well and he may finish games and he may get better. And so next year, we're really ramping up, right, for, okay, if he can stay healthy, how great Anthony Richardson can be. The thing that bothers me is we are going to miss out on all of these games, KB, to where we're going to evaluate this guy getting better. And if he got better, okay, and if he was staying healthy, and if he was finishing games, the Colts are going to be a pretty damn good team. And they're just not, like to me, they're just not, the 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 ceiling for them with Richardson is a higher ceiling than Gardner Minshew. And that doesn't mean that Minshew cannot win games and, and and lead this team to a bunch of wins and they can be in there, you know, November, December, we're talking about this team playing big time games, but we're going to miss out on the thought of, hey, what's the ceiling here? How is this going to look as Richardson gets better, as the team gets healthy, as Steichen settles into his role as a first-year head coach? And then the other bummer, and was it like four snaps that he and JT had together? The other bummer here is we did so much talk about Jonathan Taylor and the running game is still going to be really good with Minshew. It's still going to be good. You know, the offensive line gets back and they get healthy and they play the way they did against Tennessee and in other games. And, you know, Zag Moss has proven to be a really good player and you get, you know, Jonathan Taylor back into the swing of things, the dynamic, uh, you know, plays that he can bring. But we're not going to see Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss with Anthony Richardson, right? And, and when we talk about the lethalness, if that's a word of this running game, that's where it started was having guys, two, three guys in the backfield, right? Throw in all the gadget plays they run with McKenzie or with Josh Downs going in motion and going into the backfield and everything else. We're not going to see Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor kind of in the, you know, in the next month. And that also is a bummer. And, and, and to me, I think there is a, there's a win-loss component to all of this. And, and I, and I wonder how Gardner Minshew, now that we know Richardson is going to be out, how his play will be different, how teams will play him different. He may be a stud. He may lead this team and we say, hey, they're still winning games. Get AR healthy. Uh, you know, each and every week we're like, hey, you know, Minshew's playing fine, but uh, it's a bummer. The JT angle and just watching Richardson in big moments against good defenses, but also his maturation, truly seeing how high the ceiling could be. We're going to miss out on that uh, until you have to think at least Sunday, November the 26th. You have to think that. Well, and I think an element you're missing out on, Andy, is is you're missing out on the ability to get more clarity on Richardson. You know, I think what NFL teams strive for is they strive to get clarity on their young quarterback as quickly as possible. And the clarity would be, can you play at this level? And I think, how do you not have encouraging signs with what you've seen with Richardson so far? I mean, to me, that's very encouraging. The other amount of clarity you're trying to get is can they be available at this level can they handle everything that goes with playing week after week 17 weeks of an NFL season right and right now that is a major question mark with Anthony Richardson so when we get to February when we get to March and we start to assess this Colts season it's 
the bummer is you don't have as much clarity as you would like to get. And when it's injury clarity, Andy, I think that stings even more. Because that can linger. That that can be out of your control. That's stuff that isn't, oh, those are just rookie growing pains. Like that that's hard to gauge. And the 13 games at Florida, I think, is hard to gauge. It's why I asked Shane Steichen earlier in the week the question about how much of a debate in the draft process was Anthony's lack of playing time. Does that all of a sudden lead to a question of how durable is mm-hmm. he at the NFL level? And again, I know that it's not necessarily an easy question to answer, but to me it's a question that you have to have. And I'd say the other aspect of this, Andy, is you're reaching the potential here where this season could end up like 2019 Colts season. And to refresh people on that, in that year the Colts went, started the year 5-2 and two with Jacoby Brissett. And Andrew Luck had just retired. And this fan base was looking for anything to hold on to. And boy, they got it. Five and two starred. And, you know, honestly, some of the same sort of talk with Minshew was happening then with Brissett of, is he the best backup in the league? <laughs> How many teams could he start for? You right. know, like those sorts of things. Right. He had a couple big games early. The Atlanta game, the Oakland game wasn't bad. He had a couple nice games. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Andy, the season tailspins. Right. Brissett gets a little banged up. Brian Hoyer comes in for a game. Brissett comes back in the lineup. Never looks like the same guy. Seven and nine to end the year. And I think as we've seen with Jacoby Brissett, you know, his career is always going to be a defined ceiling on that career. And I think that's some of the nerves that I have with this season unfolding the rest of the way is, do you get to a point where you get to the end of the season and it's seven or eight wins and Minshew's been the guy that's finished six or seven of them, you know, and, and while the winning is different than what you've had and there's an element that of course the fan base wants to see wins that's all great you know where you're drafting yeah but you're drafting in purgatory and you didn't get the clarity on Richardson and it's not like Richardson was experiencing those wins on the field if that makes sense so I I think that is a territory that you could be approaching which sounds weird for me to even say when you have such a big game coming up on Sunday like that, that that's it all comes back to the bummer word, and I know it's a word that I've used quite often here Wait, it's the in right this segment, word. but to me, this is the kick in the you-know-what of everything that has transpired with Anthony Richardson's rookie season. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you know, you can win these games, you draft in purgatory, and then the quarterback who got you a lot of those wins or came in in relief, there's a great chance isn't going to be on the team next year. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, Minshew, the chance of him being back, I, I don't know, man. This is, you know, we talked about it, I think, was it all the days run together. It was either, obviously, Tuesday or on Monday that if that if you were playing Minshew a lot because there were on-the-field struggles, you could live with that because you're like, I trust Shane Steichen, right? You trust the evaluation of the head coach that the quarterbacks he's worked with, he's going to figure it out, and he's going to figure it out with Anthony Richardson. Uh, and Mark Dykton's out of here, by the way. Now, who's the who's the gentleman we have running the board right well, now? first off, hell I, of an effort uh, yeah, from Mark Dykton. Mark Dykton leaves. Under the weather. And he wore a mask. Like, I don't know if I have a mask in my house from COVID. In fact, I know well, I don't have a mask in my house from COVID. Well, that's probably a conversation we can hold for another I'm, day. I'm not maybe. doing an Aaron Rodgers conversation uh, here. This is Elijah. Is it Elijah? Okay. The Hello. legend. Elijah, good morning. Thank you for coming out of the bullpen. You're welcome. Uh, I I received the bat signal at you about did. 7. I felt Mark was in trouble and I well, someone needed to come help him. So. Okay, not many guys wake up on a college campus at that hour, Elijah. Is he a college and- guy? 
coming to work. So yeah, I got a class at one. So what class do you have at one o'clock today? Uh, it is a, a, a reporting class, like an interviewing class. Oh, you don't need that. KB's right here. He teaches journalism. I know. I, I've interviewed him a couple times. Uh, have for, you? Okay. For some papers. So you've so. Su- you sucked up to him then a little bit. Oh, uh, I, I mean, just my, just a little bit. One of my favorites. Um, <laughs> well, thank again, you, Elijah. I, I, I let Elijah thank you. I let off this segment, Andy, saying to you, and I apologize for interrupting you. Of like. Let's stop right there because the first two questions for Shane Steichen at 11.30 today are, does he need surgery and how long is he going to be out? IR just means at least four weeks. This is from Adam Schefter. Okay. Anthony Richardson is now expected to miss four to eight yeah. weeks depending on his rehab and whether or not he would still need surgery on his right yeah. shoulder. The worst case scenario. By placing him on IR, the Colts are giving him time, so nothing can or has to be rushed. Um, if you go eight weeks, let's just keep on extrapolating this out. Uh, that would obviously take out the Jacksonville game or the uh, Tampa Bay game that we've talked about. That would carry into December, right? Mm-hmm. The first December game. Is that Tennessee? Yeah, it's at Tennessee. To me, it would go to Cincinnati on the 10th. That so would be the, a, yeah. if it's the back end of this four to eight weeks, that would leave five games left in the season at Cincinnati. Home to Pittsburgh, at Atlanta, home to Vegas, home to Houston. Andy, if you get to eight weeks, I, I are mean, you did- shut? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm down for the rest I, I, of the well, year. Th- that's going to be – and, and Steichen – that's a valid question. He's not going to go there. It's all about getting Fine him out. healthy. I'm asking uh, you. No, I I think once you get to, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, Sunday, December 10th is at Cincinnati. And then it's Pitts, the last four, Pittsburgh at Atlanta, Vegas at home, Houston at home. Yes, you wonder if there are four games left of the season, do you even throw him back out there? To me, I struggle initially. You asking me that, I struggle. I would I would lean. I've been such I would a lean, believer yes. of would, when healthy you play I, I, that, him. That's where I'm at. I would lean. But this is yes. the first time that I've had that seed of doubt. I, I know, and I I could feel that in you asking me. Might I, be Andrew Luck PTSD, <laughs> and all in all seriousness, like and I brought this up yesterday, and I don't want to Luck Labrum, you know Richardson AC joints. So I want to make that clear. It's not the same injury, but to refresh people. Andrew Luck gets hurt in week three of that 2015 season. He misses two games due to the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He comes back and plays the rest of the year. Now he had a lacerated kidney at mm-hmm. one point in that season. There were other ailments that he had happen, but he pretty much played the rest of the year when healthy. He elects to go rehab, not surgery after 2015. So the 2016 season, he plays. I think he missed one game due to concussion, but he plays. Basically, he'd take every Thursday off from throwing. Scott Tolzine played against Pittsburgh on November Scott the 24th. Tolzien. That and was actually, a Thanksgiving Day game. Thanksgiving night. It was Thanksgiving brutal. night. Yeah, just uh, can literally. You remember, can you remember who the – I'll give you something. I'll give you, a, I don't know, a six-pack. Who led them in rushing in that game? Who do you think led them in rushing the Colts in that game? <laughs> if it's if it's obscure, I'll go Jonathan Williams. <laughs> oh, close. Jordan Todman. Jordan the, Todman. Oh, my gosh. Boy, 37 that, yards. That must have been a brutal <laughs> night. More than A cold night in I Pittsburgh remember. with Tolzien and Todman. Go ahead. But I bring that luck thing up to say this, Andy. I think a start to the demise or to the retirement, however you want to describe it, is going rehab before surgery. Now, he elected to have surgery after the 2016 season when he went through all of the, 
what he endured to to play through that year, and that started the missing of the 2017, and and we know how the rest of it played out. So that's where I have this pause of I've been so staunch in saying. If healthy, you play Richardson. If it's going to look bad, you play him, even if we aren't debating injuries with this. And now, if you go off of that report, and again, for those that are just now joining us, the Colts officially place Anthony Richardson on injured reserve. That means he's out at least four weeks. What we don't know is, is it at least four weeks? Mm -hmm. And Adam Schefter just reported four to eight weeks. If we get to eight weeks, that leaves five games left in the season. That's the question. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And at hand. Well, and what's going to be, and what's frustrating, listen, it, it's funny how this came out. You know, Stephen Holder joined us, what, in the 8 o'clock hour, and he said, I think, you know, what's going to happen is they're gonna not going to tell you how many weeks. They're going to give you a time frame, and that is what has happened here with Adam Schefter. We know the four weeks, that's on the minimum side. That's the floor, but we don't know the ceiling on how many weeks it's going to be. I, this is one of those where... How many Colts fans feel like this season is what it is. It's an overachieving team. Minshew is good enough. Uh, We can win games defense, running the ball. Um, Shane Steichen is an above average coach. And so, you know, some of the some of the points and some of the wins that are in kind of in the gaps, maybe some 50-50 games, we can win by kicking, you know, we can win by Matt Gay. How much of this is God, how, it's, how, it's hard for me to yeah, go how, down how many, any of that. Yeah, but how many fans do you think sit here and say, get get him ready for next year? Nothing matters the rest of this season. How many? Because I know you're not there. I, I yeah. think I'm not there either. I'm just saying we're not going to know. Like, what, So after today, Steichen's not going to answer another question for at least four weeks. And then after that, it's going to be he's progressing. He's week to week, right? Like this is the most information we're going to get about Anthony Richardson in how many weeks? A month and a half? We're not going to get any clarity on this. I mean, if they're if they're casting a wide net of four to eight weeks, they don't know, and they don't know which way he is going to want to go, um, whose decision it is. I mean, four four or five weeks, KB is he's going to rehab. He bounces back pretty quick, and they feel good about where that AC joint is. Eight weeks is uh, we're talking about surgery, and we're talking about him not playing. That's how I feel today. Do you feel the same way? You're looking. What are you looking at? Yeah, you're scaring me. Yeah, I just um, kicking the. You know what, man? I, I yeah, Dylan Brooks to Tice. I I I apologize for not having like a great great reaction to that, but um, I my immediate thought is this, Andy: if he is healthy for the final five games, you play him. Mm-hmm. But if there is some sort of surgery, if he can't ramp it up with the shoulder, like this can't be a. Joe Burrow trying to rush it back to get ready for a wild card game, and he might only practice one day this week. Like yeah. that can't happen. You would need, to me, multiple weeks of practice. And to be fair, and Will Carroll said this to us yesterday, this is not an injury that has long term ramifications. This is not something along those lines. You just got to take care of it. And so, um, 
that is like, that's the positive probably to it w- would you agree if there were a positive this seems like an injury that isn't something that we're going to be talking about year two year three yeah. year four it's a you hope one time thing uh they have great surgeries to fix it that's what will carroll said yesterday and you can immediately bounce back it's difficult for me though is it, not to look forward to next year year two with anthony richardson it's really difficult today. is it any sort of psyche question andy and hear me out on this let's say you bring him back for the final four games games do you I guess what you'd be looking at then is either you bring him back and you hope he finishes and plays those four games and ends the ends the season with positive vibes etc etc but is there any sort of birdie on the other shoulder it says what if he gets hurt again in the final four games and now like do you almost look at this as a point of like all right shut him down re reset Let's hit the 2024 offseason, fully healed up, et cetera, et cetera. Th- that, that's almost the way I feel about it today. And it has nothing to do with the IR move. It has to do with the few people that have mentioned surgery like and Adam Schefter in the eight weeks. Max Crosby with two games left in the season hitting them. Or TJ Watt well, with well, a I mean, month yeah, to go in Pittsburgh, the season. Pittsburgh, Atlanta's going to be a, a playoff team. Houston might be fighting for the AFC yeah, Will South. Will Anderson gets a shot at him in the final. And, and I, part of me is like, dude, this is the NFL. Grow up, and, and, and again, you need these reps. But for the first time in this entire Richardson process, if surgery is needed, if we're talking eight weeks, that is where I sit here and think to myself, man, you've got a decision to make on whether you play him here in this 2023 And, and we season. haven't even talked about the win-loss component to all of this. If Minshew, Should we just can Minshew, Tony East, by the way? <laughs> if Minshew plays well. I asked him yeah, in all seriousness. I mean, Tony's a good dude. Yeah. You think he'll understand? Uh, you know, maybe maybe Elijah can record a podcast with Tony East after, and we can uh, we can replay that. I, I feel bad for Tony East, but I can't think. Does any listener want to go to Pacers preseason basketball at 940? And I kind of think. Elijah's shaking to, his head. I, Elijah, if Elijah says, no, I'm saying no. Where do you go to school at, by the I way? I go to Franklin College. There you Franklin, go. Let's go yeah. Grizzlies. Yeah. The Grizzlies. Hey, I'm actually, this might be of interest to you guys, but I'm writing a story right now of the biggest colleges Franklin has played, and one of them is Notre Dame, one of them is IU, one of them is Purdue. <laughs> I, I do remember back during those Newt Rockney <laughs> national titles, Ryan Bowen, my brother, had a pennant, and on it, I believe they played Franklin one year. Yeah. And maybe Hanover. The first forward pass for a touchdown for Notre Dame was against Franklin, and they shut them out like <laughs> 60 to 0. It was brutal. No, nothing sums like, up Elijah than Anthony Richardson on injured reserve, and we're talking Franklin, Franklin College. in the 1920s. Well, I learned something. They're the Grizzlies. I did not know that, so how yep. about that? And he's ready to be on the mic, unlike uh, Mark Dighton today, who looked like death. Ugh, poor guy. Yeah, Tyler asks this one, what do you do with Richardson if we're in a position to make the well, playoffs? I, I think that that's what I'm saying. I mean, we haven't even, I, I don't know how good of a, you know, chance that is. There's a lot of football to be played. I mean, I'm. But, but play I, out the hypothetical. But, but yeah, if you're if you're in it in the AFC South, I don't think anyone's going to run away with the AFC South. I don't think Jacksonville's going to run They're off. They're not getting nine to 11 out or 12. Of, yeah, nine out of 10 wins. I, I think they are not the team that Peter King and others thought. I mean, there's always a chance, but no, it's, it's a great point. If you get to December, and 
you're a game out of the AFC South and Gardner Minshew, it's been his team for a month and a half. The, you know, now it's about, that's why I said on Monday, what is the season now to you, Kevin Bowen? Because everything had been about AR Boy. and now it's not. Yeah. Now it's, you know, is it about nine? You know, is it about getting to, to 10 wins? Is it about Gardner Minshew taking over and trying to lead this team to an AFC South title, to a playoff berth, uh, to at least be in there playing big time games when we get to December? Now, what is it about? Because now it's not about Anthony Richardson. It's just not. And, you know, Schefter with that eight weeks, man, that scares me. Josina Anderson mentioning surgery. Those words scare me. They absolutely do. Yeah, and, and I again, we can continue to talk about this topic. I, I, I'll make the executive decision, Andy, of postponing the pop quiz as well um, for today. Sorry, Scotty. But you go through 4-12-1. You go through the embarrassing season you had. You go through the firing of multiple coaches. You go through the quarterback carousel. If you're going to endure all of that, you endure it to watch your rookie quarterback grow and prosper. That, yep. that, that that's why you Listen, go. You're spot on. You, you don't go through it to do the same song and dance. You don't go through it to watch Gardner Minshew play quarterback. It's like Chet. As, it's like Chet Holmgren last year for the for the uh, for the Thunder, right? Sure. You go through everything. He goes out there in the preseason game. He breaks his foot. And again, I would say quarterback in the NFL is different than even sure. Chet Holmgren as you know. As but center. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you did. You go season. through to watch your prize possession and the centerpiece of your franchise and the guy that. I mean, hell, the guy that Max Bowen one day might wear his jersey or Mason Sweeney one day might might wear his I mean, those sorts of things. And that's where I keep on coming back to the word I've used so much in this segment of just an absolute bummer that now we're looking at a massive chunk of his rookie season being on the sideline. And we'll see how much he plays if he plays again here in this 2023 campaign. All right, let's continue this conversation. Let's sneak in a morning check down before we do that. Elijah, I want to make sure I give you plenty of time <laughs> on your P's and Q's over there, but uh, oh, we'll close it. out the show, the final two segments, the right one. continuing to talk about <laughs> Anthony Richardson and the latest on that. It is time for a morning check down. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I can't tell with Elijah if I'm... If I'm rooting for him or not here. Oh, because, we got to. No, He's because, out of the no, bullpen. Because, no, no, because bad radio can be good radio. <laughs> well, or it can just be bad radio. Isn't the Richardson it's, news bad enough? <laughs> it's, yeah, well, it is. Uh, quickly, morning check down. Pacers losers last night in Houston. 122-103. The final there. They have the fan jam coming up this weekend. And then Monday and Friday, Atlanta and Cleveland. And then it is off to the beginning of the regular season. Again, for those that missed it, the Colts news that broke just before really the 9 o'clock hour. Anthony Richardson to injured reserve. That means he'll be out at least four weeks. The next four weeks look like this. 
at Jacksonville, home to the Browns, home to the Saints, at Carolina. So we will not get Bryce Young versus Anthony Richardson, the only game. And Bryce Young that, might not be a starter either by that That was point. not <laughs> slotted at 1 o'clock for the Colts uh, outside of the Germany game. Speaking of that Germany game, that would be the fifth week. So technically he's eligible to play in that Germany game. The sixth week is your bye week. Based off Adam Schefter just saying four to eight weeks, you can probably say he's not going to play in Germany and he's not going to obviously play during the bye week. So, um, again, some more clarity. We'll see if Shane Steichen provides any of that coming up here in a bit. The Colts did sign Kellen Mond to their practice squad, former third-round pick of the Vikings out of Texas A&M. Very decorated collegiate career at A&M. Has not lived up to it here in the NFL, most recently with the Browns. So, Andy, your healthy quarterbacks moving forward mm. would be Gardner Minshew, yeah. Sam Ellinger, and Kellen Mond. Yeah, I want to talk about this after the break. Uh, to me, the Gardner Minshew, now his health becomes a big deal, right? Because he goes down, you know where the season is going. The Colts will not win more than a game or so the rest of the year if if Gardner Minshew uh, is not there. Give me one more swoosh, Elijah. One more swoosh. Uh, just quickly, baseball last night. Uh, you saw the Orioles just get swept aside. Rangers look like the best team right now in the postseason. Them in Houston, 7-1 winners there. And then, of course, the Astros go to Minnesota. They lead that series 2-1 with a 9-1 win last night. It sets up three games today. Coming up at 5 o'clock today, it's Phillies Braves. At 7 o'clock, Astros Twins. And then at 9 o'clock, Dodgers and Diamondbacks round out your triple header today in MLB. Let's continue the conversation. Your thoughts at KBowen1070 on Twitter, at the only Sweeney 3 3-1- 1070 Anthony Richardson officially on injured reserve. He will miss at least a month, possibly much more than that. So we'll do that here in our final two segments today. You're listening to Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan.